John Wooden, who's one of the greatest coaches to ever coach anything, he used to say, you cannot have a great day till you've done something for somebody else with no expectation of anything in return. So I believe that we all every day can do something that's an act of service for somebody else with no expectation of anything in return. An anonymous donation, smiling at somebody. Heck, you're driving down the street and you're crying. Just let somebody in front of you and smile and wave. I mean, the world has become so nasty. You know, be somebody who lights the world up with fire and energy and positivity. That's an act of service. And so to me, if you choose these action steps, and you choose to follow through with them, similar to your four agreements every day for you, Amy, that's how you win. What are you doing to create your dream life or your best self? Why do we see some thrive through challenges while others struggle? Welcome to Effort, a podcast where I talk about the main F's in my life that have helped me in creating my best self. Faith, family, forgiveness, food, fitness, and formula. Hi, my name is Amy Ledeen, and most would say that I've had my fair share of struggles, whether it was placing my baby for adoption at 18, facing my marriage-ending affair, or battling stage four cancer for almost seven years, it's safe to say that I've been through a lot. Join me as I take you through my story, my journeys, and share with you the tactical strategies every single week that will help you thrive and overcome anything you face. That's right, I'm gonna show you how to create a future self that you'll be proud of. So buckle up, Get ready for the ride as I take you through my story and bring other guests on that have helped me along the way. You are in for a treat today because, you know, due to connections and, you know, knowing someone over the years that ended up connecting me with this person, today I have the one and only Ben Newman on the podcast. Now, Ben is a performance coach. You know, he is a speaker. He has a best-selling book called Uncommon Leadership. You know, he has worked with Fortune 500 companies, you know, and then really known in the professional athlete space, NFL, PGA, NBA, MLB, UFC, you know, NCAA, you name it, right? But currently he serves as the mental conditioning coach. How cool is that title? The mental conditioning coach for the Alabama Crimson Tide football team. He's also worked with players from the last three Super Bowl champion teams. He is incredible. I will say that when I got connected with him, I immediately went to his podcast and listened to everything, read his book. I love everything he stands for, and I am so excited for you to listen to him today. Okay, so I'm admittedly nervous for this one today, and I'm always nervous with people that like I've been listening to them for a long time, and I feel like you have been in my ear. So Ben, welcome officially to the podcast. Amy, thank you so much for having me. There's no reason to be nervous. We got a, a joint friend in Chance Weber, so we could just goof around and make jokes about him, and we'd be like totally comfortable the rest of the way. So let's just have fun and enjoy this. We have so many mutual friends and you know, you being part of the RTA syndicate and so many amazing people that have influenced my life and still do to this day in that organization. So I'm very, very excited to be with you. Well, I love it. I love when I find in my own circle, someone that then is totally connected because your podcast is full of people that I'm very inspired by. I just actually listened to one with you and Brad Leah the other day that was awesome from a while back that was great, but I'm so excited to have you on because I feel really special and lucky to have someone like you on to help me and help my audience 
And so for those that don't really know a lot about your story, I mean, obviously they now know your credentials from the intro that I've given, but tell me about, you know, because you talk about adversity and challenges. Talk me a little bit through your childhood and what, what defining thing happened for you that really changed your life? I'm so glad that we're starting there because, you know, far too often, you know, people just want to highlight what's in the bio or tell us about this or tell us about that. Tell us more. But I think we all have a story. You know, we all have a story of challenge and adversity. I mean, I admire your strength through the consistency that you've displayed in your life to be an example for all of us, what it means to fight through adversity. And I've had to go through my own adversity in my life, just like every single one of your listeners, right? There's adversity and challenge you've been through that provides perspective for you and your life that you can continue to fight and get up off that mat of life one more time than you've been knocked down every day. Because for some of us, it is every day. There is pain, there's challenge, there's things that we go through. And for me, I had to grow up fast. Parents divorced at six months old, never knew my parents together. A handful of years later, my mother was diagnosed with a rare muscle disease called amyloidosis. And a lot of people don't know what amyloidosis is, Amy, but everybody in your muscles, you have amyloids. If you have an excess of amyloids, you would have a disease called amyloidosis. And the amyloids would slowly eat away at your muscles. Of course, your heart is a muscle. And my mother was this, this fighter of life. I mean, she was a teacher and you know her students loved her. And she had this long brown hair and big brown eyes and a pearly white smile and like energy that went for days. And she would light up my brother and I with her energy. She would light up her students. She would light up her friends, everybody whose lives that she touched. Yet she was fighting this disease that led to us having 24-hour nursing care in the house her last year living. Yet my mother, similar to you, Amy, she chose to fight every day. Was It was a choice. I am going to fight. And no matter her pain, she would come to that dinner table every single night with an IV stand. Sometimes it took one nurse. Sometimes it took two. And she just put one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other walking from what was once a TV room, turned into a hospital room to ask me how my day was at school. Wow. And so for Amy, for me, that's what's provided this perspective for me in my life that you will not break me. You might throw some adversity. I may go through some challenge. You may tell me no in business, but you will not break me because of what I saw my mother battle. And even though she passed 11 days before my eighth birthday, my mother passed the pen that she was writing in this, in this amazing journal, which became where I found all about her positive mental attitude beyond mm-hmm. what I saw with my two eyes. And she passed it on to my brother and I to continue to write her story. And that's what I fight for every day is to continue to write my mother's story, but to connect people to the power of the stories they're writing. I love that. And this is where I learned about your burn and how this became your burn, you know, seeing what so many people honestly would bring through their life. Let's talk about the victim mentality. And they'd be like, I didn't have a mom. I didn't have a dad. I didn't have parents, you know, and instead you took it in a completely different way, which, you know, a lot of people just, I mean, they need to hear stories like this, obviously. So then it helps them again, it's that perspective, but your burn was created. And this is something that I really wanted to talk to you about because I have my clients go through a, we call it a a five layer deep why, where it's like, why do you want to lose weight? And the first thing Mm. is like, I want to look good in my clothes. Okay. Why do you want to look good in your clothes? And then it goes on. And we try to get to the deep one. Like for me, it was, 
you know, I wanted to lose weight is what started. But what my real deep one was that I didn't want to be like my mom and watch a struggling dieter her whole life. Like that was the <clears> deep when I got to it. So talk to me about burn, how it's different than purpose and why. And how do you help someone? Do you have a formula? Do you have a, like a little step that takes you through that? So the, the burn, which is, you know, the title of our podcast and really what lights me up every single day. Right. And it's a burn that does not go out. And so for me, you know, there's so many coaches and speakers that do the work that we do and they talk about why and purpose, but I believe they miss this concept of the burn, which is that underlying fire or passion that actually ignites the why and the purpose that then causes us to be more consistent in those daily actions. And so for me, the burn comes from pain, right? It comes from seeing my mother's fight. It's given me perspective. Like if my mom was able to do that, like you will not break me, as I said, with a yes or a no in business. So there's this fire that I will keep going because I want to be an example for my children. I want to be the best husband that I can be. I want to be an example for the people that I have the blessing of coaching. But if I'm not lit up in my life with my deep rooted fire and burn, then I'm going to be inconsistent in my disciplines. And if I'm inconsistent in my disciplines, then how am I going to be an example or even have the ability to have a conversation with somebody about being disciplined? So the burn for me is everything. It starts with that burn. And then the consistency of setting up the environment to connect to it first thing when I wake up. So my alarm is actually named Jan, Janet Fishman Newman legacy. And a lot of people don't know that, but you can actually name your alarm. So the first thing I see is my mother's name. So I connect to my burn. There's no hitting the snooze button and going back to bed. I then journal and I write my mother's name. Now for some people, right, they've been through challenge and adversity. A lot of your burn comes from your challenge and adversity in your life. So a lot of people can resonate. Okay. The burn comes from challenge and adversity. I get it. I'm the same. I lost somebody or I went through struggle. I overcame cancer. I'm in the middle of fighting cancer. That's my burn. Other people, they choose to connect to somebody who maybe made sacrifice for them. Mm. They recognize, well, if my parents made all of this sacrifice for me, how could I possibly waste a day? That's their burn. Other people have found they're currently sacrificing for somebody right? I'm sacrificing for my children to provide a positive life. Well, if you think about that, the first thing when you wake up, I I would certainly hope you're not going to hit the snooze button because if you do, you probably don't want it bad enough or you're not actually connecting to that burn. And then another example of the burn, and this this is not how I, I choose to do it for me, but some people who struggle with it, we can find a short term burn in a goal. So that short term burn might be uh, a vacation with the family or something business related or something monetary. I always want people to go more emotional, right? Not make it monetary. But if you've struggled or you haven't been through adversity or you don't know what your burn is, I'm fine to at least test it with something that's monetary if that's what ignites that why and purpose every day and makes you more consistent in your action. Gotcha. And maybe sometimes for younger, I mean, I see this even in fat loss. It's like the age with their younger. It's like, I just want to look hot in a bikini. And I'm like, no, no, I need you to have deeper health reasons. But I also see as people get older, some of that shifts, you know, and that then they do see their health. And, and for you, that exercise is beautiful. I mean, I could almost steal that, that same exercise, right? And say, okay, 
What's the reason why you want to do this? Go deeper, go deeper. And that essentially can become the burn for somebody. So that person struggling, keep asking yourself that question until you get to the deep rooted reason. Now, I remember I was heavy as a kid. I weighed 125 pounds in fifth grade. I remember I shared this on Brad Lee's uh, podcast. You probably remember, mm-hmm. but you know, kids called me beluga butt during the presidential physical fitness award. And so you still have, even though I'm physically fit now, like I'm not going back there. And yeah. there's a lot of athletes that I work with to where they were told they couldn't do something or they came from pain and challenge. And they're like, I'm not going back there. And so a lot of times that's what you probably help people uncover is, Hey, I was once heavy. I'm not going back there. Well, that's a burn. Like all, all yes. I have to do is think about that kid in fifth grade, looking at 125 pounds, very heavy, very uncomfortable being teased. I'm not going back there. I will choose okay. to get my workout in today. And I love that you even said, I mean, look, he names his alarm. He writes her name down. Like this is something to really pay attention to because even with like my burn, now that I'm now listening to you, I really know exactly what it is, is you still have to be intentional about it. So when I wake up in the morning, so I call it my anchoring practice. And this is something that Ed Milet taught me was how to change your state and vision of things Mm. is to repeat something over. So he had taught us an exercise at Arte where he had us actually take our thumb and touch or no, take, yeah, take our thumb and touch like your right here and close your eyes and go to your happiest place in your life. Repeat this for probably about 10 minutes to really sit in it. Later, come back to that, touch that same little knuckle. It'll take you back. So I have done this in my life everywhere. Like when I wake up, I scrunch my carpet intentionally. This movement makes me go to my gratitude of you're alive. You're here. You're feeling wow. your feet. You're, you're awake you're today. Feeling it. You're feeling it. So I'm like, it's another day. I'm awake. I have other ones where I actually drive into my driveway. And I did this like 20 times on the same day where I drove the corner of my driveway to take the connection of just gratitude for my life. So if my kids are in the background and I'm going crazy, when I hit my driveway, it's like hypnosis. And so I love that you're really intentional because I think a lot of people think that their burn should just stay in the front. And even me having cancer, I can lose sight of it in the day. And that's why I have albums on my phone. They're my anchoring albums where it's like, I go watch family videos. It reminds me like, man, Amy, show up for your kids. These are the joyous times because we can forget, right? What are some other things you do during the day to kind of set you up? Well, so really what we're talking about, I know it's a a heavy connection point for the two of us is the importance of your environment. You have to set yourself up with an environment for you to win. And my definition of winning is your ability to look in the mirror one day at a time and say, I've given it my very best. And if you can do that, nobody can ever take that away from you. And you can never ask any more than your very best, but you have to set your environment up to win. You and I also both believe motivation is fleeting. Motivation lasts a few days. Oh, I'm excited. I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to work out. If that's all it is, like somebody told you that that would be good for you, it's going to last two, three days and it's going to be fleeting. And it's probably not going to last very long as opposed to You identify your burn and the reason why you want to be consistent in that behavior. It's based upon nutrition. It's connected to a long-term goal. It's connected to being the example for maybe your children or somebody who's watching how you show up. And then you create the environment to do it, right? So for me, I wake up very early. So I set my alarm. I put my alarm in another room. I've created an environment. I come downstairs. I 
send messages to the people that I work with, that I coach something positive. I want them. It's not done by somebody on our team. It's me. It's like when they get a text message, it's a morning text that comes from me. So they respond, I'll respond back. It's not some, some, some automated system, but that's my way to give. That's my environment. I, I want to give. Like I, I believe I've been put on this world to give and to serve and to help people think differently. So I want to help people do that every morning. Social media, the morning Instagram post, that's me. It's not somebody on our team. Like you're getting my thoughts. Here's what's on my mind today. I want to give it to you for however you receive it. So those are pieces of the environment that really sets me up mentally. And they're very intentional. But if you, if you pay attention to them, Amy, they become have-tos. Because if you think about it, it's all connected. So my burn gets me up. If I don't send, my, send those text messages, right? Because I hit the snooze yeah. button, those clients are going, wait a second, he's not an example. He's sleeping in today, yeah. right? And so all of it is tied together. So there's an environment where it becomes a have to. I have to get up out of bed because of the burn. These people are expecting to get these messages. People are expecting to get my social media, or at least some maybe are. Uh, and, and the reality is there's an environment where I have set it up that I have to do these things to win the initial stages of my day. And then you go through with, just, you know, there's intentionality on calendar and working out and communication with team and family and taking my kids to school. And all of it is designed with intentional purpose and focus, all centered around that concept of winning just one day at a time. Wow. I love that. So a couple of questions, because I loved one, I want to talk about the serving and service because I've looked into your prize fighting days. Um, actually, let's go there. So you have something called your prize fighting days and it has actual, you know, steps to it. Can you walk me through that and and how you because you incorporate this at, at University of Alabama, don't you? Well, With absolutely. I mean, this is I, I would say that a prize fighter day is one of the staples. So we have six main mental training tools that we've developed through the years. And I've been doing this for a while now. I started speaking, writing, and coaching in 2006. So these weren't, you know, concepts that were created overnight. And we developed a prize fighter day, which, yes, we use it with Alabama football players who, you know, guys who now use it in the NFL. They, you know, Mac Jones endorses a prize fighter day on the back of the book. And he's doing some big things in the NFL and did big things at Alabama. And he's a kid who makes me better, right? Those iron sharpens iron relationships. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is because of how he chooses to live his prize fighter days. It's also what we use in our corporate work. It's what we use in our one-on-one -on -one work. And it helps you break down what it looks like for you to win every day based upon your decisions and choices. There are far too many people in the world today who tell you how great they want to be. I know you hear this all the time in your coaching. They tell you how great you want to be and then Amy and I, through the coaching work that we do, we get a chance to step back and say, I hear you, but let me evaluate your action over the last 30 days. Let me evaluate your action. Let me evaluate your choices over the last six months. And their action is what tells us the real story. You know, Amy doing an initial evaluation, you can say everything that you want to say, but your action is what's going to tell Amy how important those decisions are in your life or how important those goals really are. And so the prize fighter day helps you frame your daily action, not results. So it's personally, what are the things that you need to do every day to win? It's eating healthy. It's getting in a workout, which releases my endorphins. It's being present and focused with my family, right? It's turning my cell phone off for an hour and just being with my family. 
What are the things I need to do in my business or athletically? Right. And so breaking those things down, what's the single most important daily discipline for you to win? If you're in sales, I, I call them points of contact, a POC, text message, email, phone call. I need to send 10 POCs a day to let people know I'm open for business. Okay. Well, that's a choice. Nobody's going to keep you from doing that. It's an action step. I didn't say go sell somebody something. It's perform the action that causes you to get results. And then the one that you alluded to, which led to the question is the service-based piece, which John Wooden, who's one of the greatest coaches to ever coach anything, he was UCLA's basketball coach, 10 championships in 12 years. He used to say, you cannot have a great day till you've done something for somebody else with no expectation of anything in return. So I believe that we all every day can do something that's an act of service for somebody else with no expectation of anything in return. An anonymous donation, smiling at somebody. Heck, you're driving down the street and you're crying. Just let somebody in front of you and smile and wave. I mean, the world has become so nasty. You know, be somebody who lights the world up with fire and energy and positivity. That's an act of service. And so to me, if you choose these action steps and you choose to follow through with them, similar to your four agreements every day for you, Amy, that's how you win. And so yours is, you know, your cards over 1,100 days in a row. Me is one prize fighter day at a time, but at the end of the day, or it's Andy Frisella's power list, whatever you want to call it, choose to take action every single day and choose to win more in your life. And it'll change the story that you're writing. That was such a great, um, important reminder. It's not even about following this strategy or my strategy. It's, it's following a strategy and doing it. If only people would learn that more in that, just take the action and just do that versus I think a lot of people, like we talked about this earlier, they're listening to three-hour podcasts, writing all these notes down, and they do jack crap. People used to ask me, like, wow, you know, I, I created a course that's called the Future Self Formula. And they're like, how did you, like, get through all this stuff? I said, every book I read, before I moved on to the next one, I did the work. Like, I actually <clears throat> did the homework in the book. Otherwise... You know, I mean, you 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 see a lot of that's when the, the whole slip and that's when you see people fall apart, especially in fat loss. I mean, personal development mindset, it's all parallel. You see, it's all the same thing, but with just a different, you know, ball you're chasing. And it all alludes to it's your daily consistencies, you know, through the process. So talk to me about 75 hard, because this is one that you actually had mentioned something that might have been actually on Ed's podcast that you know, because this one is a touchy subject for me. I love 75 hard personally. I think it really, really um, pushes people. However, I have seen some people fall hard afterwards because they didn't have maybe the right mindset as they went into it. But what I love what you shared was you found that the true winner is the person that continues to get back in it and try it. And I wish more people would hear that and and see that because there are people that see programs like that. And then they're like, I mean, one, they think they're not capable, which I'm always like, are you kidding me? I did it on purpose. I, mean, I did it last time during chemo. And then I did this last year again, when I got say, and, and you're doing it with stage four cancer. I mean, give me a break. Right. So I did it really to, cause I like to, I look for stories to to squash my own, you know, beliefs. So I like to do that for others. I feel like maybe that's part of my purpose now in my life is, okay, I used to not like to show a lot of this side, but I need to show up for the person that's always thinking they can't do it. But with 75 hard, now I've seen you have like phase X. Can you explain that? I mean, I know you've done 75 hard. So how do you live the perfection without 
feeling it being perfection, if that makes sense. So let me let me be a little bit long-winded here. And you're the first person to ask me about uh, about Phase X who intentionally has uh, noticed that. So I'll kind of share because I, I wanted to find a way after completing the Live Hard program for the entire year, like how do I actually make this part of my life so it continues, right? So that I don't <clears throat> digress. I don't go backwards. First off, I think when it comes to 75 Hard, and I'm going to be direct because I care that much. Amy, I think there's a lot of people who they, they want the connection to Andy or the community. So it's like, I'm going to do 75 hard. And then they do it for 18 days. And they're like, okay, I, I tried it. And they, they feel like this sense of, all right, I, I'm part of that 75 hard family. And I, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be rude. You're not, right? Because <laughs> you didn't do it. And so right. it's almost like you started it with the intention of never really finishing it. You just wanted to be able to say, I've tried it. And if you've done that, and look, I'm being fair here, right? We, I can't see anybody raising hands, nodding heads. This is one-on-one coaching between you and I right now. I just want you to stop the self-talk. I want you to stop making the excuses. I mean, you're listening to Amy's Effort podcast. I mean, you talk about abortion at 18 years old, losing 100 pounds, going through divorce due to a fair, and battling stage four cancer like those are significant excuses. You just deciding I'd rather eat poorly than do 75 hard. Give me a break. That's not adversity. That's just you finally having to tell yourself no more excuses. Silence the self-talk. I can do this. But here's what I would offer. If that's the type of person you know you are, let's start smaller. Do a 5K. Start with a 5K and come up with a three-month training program for you to do a 5K or for you to do a half marathon, or for you to do something else that maybe doesn't have the significance or the amount of commitment. But I think, Amy, there's too many people who they start with this enormous commitment of 75 hard. Oh, I tried it. It was really awesome. I loved it for 18 days, but I just got too busy, right? I've got kids and I've got this. And then they just go on to making all these excuses in their life. If that was too hard for you, go try something else and actually follow through, complete it and do it. And then move yep. to something else and then move to something else. And then one day, maybe you'll do 75 hard. And I promise you, I was one of those individuals. If you go back to the podcast that I did with Andy, I was the one making the excuses. What do I need to do 75 hard for? I have an unrequired workout on the recording of today's podcast. It's the 957th straight day that I've done my unrequired workout. It's 10 exercises. It takes 45 minutes. A lot of people couldn't do it one time. And I've done it for 957 straight days. So I was doing this work. I'm like, what do I need 75 hard for? I was making excuses. You guys hearing me? And then finally, I was like, why, why would I make excuses if I can give more? And I completed the Live Hard program. It meant so much to me that then I created, and Andy might kill me over this because he doesn't like when people you know, create their own stuff. <laughs> but I figured, heck, if I did the entire Live Hard program, I can make this small adjustment. I decided heading into this year, one of my goals, Amy, was to do 75 hard one, or 75 hard for 30 days once a quarter. So I call it phase X. So essentially, it, it, it's, it's 30 days of the 75 hard program once a quarter. And when I was doing my planning for this year, I said to myself, that means that one third of the year will be spent living to the principles of 75 hard. And if I do that a third of the year, not only am I going to stay in shape, 
I'm going to continue to build on the mental strength and the disciplines. My, 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 my mind, my body, it's going to stay sharp and I'm going to continue this level of attack. And so I found a way to adapt, to make it part of my life and my environment. And, and it's a push. I'm currently on day 24 right now. You know, here we are in January. So the first month I decided we're just going to get out of the gates quick. And so that's how I'm doing it. That's how I'm staying on track of it. But I, I know that's a long answer, but I think the, the most important thing is if you're going to do it, limit your self-talk and do it. If you gave up, either start again or do something else, honor the commitment, follow through and do it, and then build from there. Oh, I love it. And I love that I asked because now this makes more sense to me that you do it in 30 day. Cause I'm like, man, is he doing, you know, I don't worry about the drinking. I can do the walking twice, you know, most of it for me, it's the nutrition because I hold myself to such a high standard when I do 75 hard that when I, I mapped out even our trips, you know, like we didn't do certain things cause I knew I didn't want to like, you know, because I don't indulge at all when I'm on 75 hard. It's really about like no sugars, all that. So when I saw like every day, I, I couldn't, I'd have to like modify my diet, obviously, but the 30 days is beautiful because I don't like modifying anything. I like to do a program fully to it. And that's why anyone listening, do something else. If you're not going to do it, if you're not going to commit to it, because like you said, 18 days means nothing. I mean, even me doing it the second time, it was amazing. I got to like day 56 and inner bitch was like, why do you even need to do this? And you know what? When I got to day 75, I cried. I knew exactly why I needed to do it. And so it was like, I, I was able to be aware, like, oh my gosh, that was my inner bitch, like totally trying my voice of compromise, trying to trick me into thinking I didn't need to feel anymore. And you're here, someone that I see all these, you know, uh, accolades behind your name and you still do it. And that I think is so important is that we're never too sharp in our mind, I think, to do these things. I mean, I even let after 75 hard my not my ego, but I, I thought I was better than some of these little small exercises I was doing. And you know what, by the end of January, I was in a slump. I was feeling pretty crappy. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the two, it's the little anchoring. It's the not going on social media in the morning. It's all these little things that I had started to just let come back in, you know? So So obviously, sorry. And and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this every 30 days. So it's literally once a quarter I'm doing it. It's because I'm the same way. Now, I'm very disciplined and, and I believe in you're the same. Like we're an example to the people that we coach. So, the, you know, other than, you know, birthdays or holidays or things like that, where I'll indulge and have the birthday cake. I, I mean, we are human beings. I enjoy those things. I like sweets. But I've had to learn that, like, I have to be disciplined so that I stay consistent, even if I'm not in the middle of a phase. But like when I'm in the phase, like I don't even do protein pancakes. Like to me, too many carbs, like protein pancakes is a cheat because then I put the syrup on them. Like, so when I'm not, then I'll eat more protein pancakes and things like that. And some people might be like, that's not a cheat. And that's okay. Like we all have to define what it is. But for me, I'll eat protein pancakes once a week or protein pancakes twice a week or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden you do that for 30 or 60 days, you're not feeling as good. So I found by doing this phase X, it's kind of like, boom, that, that hard reset. Cause I'm similar to you. I mean, I go hard. I mean, I had a half of a protein bar today. I had a protein shake today. I had egg whites with Cholula today. <laughs> like it's, it's nothing that's like really exciting that like you're looking forward to that next meal, but like, that's the discipline of it is knowing that you can limit your self-talk and go there. And we both stay in shape, but it there's, 
it, it, it's the push of knowing yes. that I can give more. And it's the push yeah. of remaining an example so that when I'm having a conversation about accountability with somebody, they're not like, oh, remember when you used to be in shape and now I eat yeah. ice cream every single night and I'm not, but I, I, I used to do those things. So I'll coach you about them. And yeah, I just I, think I, can't. I, I actually can't. if that's the way we're coaching. Yeah, I can't live that way. In fact, people have noticed it's why I will, you will not see me preaching things that I'm not living. I'm very honest with my, you know, audience, even when I'm struggling, because I think that's the mistake we make is I've met some, I mean, I've met people like Andy and Ed and you, and that you think that they are, they never wake up tired. They, you know, versus what I'm learning is no, everybody's very strategic with what they put in their environment. And there is no accident to how they got there. Stop thinking that success happens accidentally. When I look around, look at successful people, follow their behaviors. When I stay at really nice hotels, I find it so interesting that in the nice hotels, the gyms are packed in the morning, 5am, everyone's in there. Okay. Go stay at a holiday inn. Nobody's in the gym. They're not. See where the success leaves clues. I want to be like these people. They're making good money. They're staying at the Four Seasons. Okay, there must be something to this exercise in the morning or getting this in. There's a parallel, right? And so it's seeing these things and then bringing it in. But last, because I don't want to- I just mention one thing really quick? Yes, yes. Take it one day at a time. Amy does it one card at a time, one day at a time, four agreements to herself one day at a time, one prize fighter day at a time. For Andy, one power list at a time. And so I think a lot of times people hear these things like, oh, that's not me. It's never going to be me. I'll never do 75 hours. You can do it one day at a time, right? Or you can get, so just remember you win one day at a time. You've never turned on a football game, right? The Super Bowl is coming up this week. The Super Bowl, they're not going to decide, oh, we're going to play the fourth quarter in the first quarter. No, they're going to play the first quarter and then the second quarter and the third quarter and the fourth quarter. That's just how the game is played. And so take it one day at a time because that's how winning is done in life. I love that. So last, my favorite area to talk with you, believe it or not, is about faith. Because one thing I loved about your book and just about you in general is you don't apologize for it. You're very, very bold in sharing it. And I find a lot of people shy away from that. And, you know, I um, right now I'm being mentored by John Maxwell. And, you know, he's always found a way to share it but Mm. not be shoved down someone's throat. And I really tie you in that same category in that, you know, you're around people of all faiths, but you're not afraid to share it. How um, can you give me some tips? Can you give our audience about what's helped you to be more bold in sharing that? Is it because of just the experiences you've had? We all have a story when we all have the right to have our beliefs and, you know, my sharing my beliefs through the pages of a book, me answering your question right now and sharing beliefs, I'm not necessarily making a recommendation or telling somebody else how to live their life. I'm just sharing the perspective for me is that at one point in time, I questioned God. I questioned, well, how does God take away a seven-year-old boy's mother? And then if there's a God, how does that God bring the father back into the picture? And then now the seven-year-old boy has to live with the reasons why mom divorced that man, right? And so all this pain and challenge I had to go through, I struggled to believe in God. And I mean, that went on until I was an adult man. And then my mentor, John Gordon, shared a prayer with me. 
And it's in the book, Uncommon yes. Leadership, in, in a chapter that I write to really honor John and these other 11 leaders that have impacted my life. It's God, what is my use for your purpose? And guide me towards that purpose. Jesus, if you are who you say you are, show me the signs. I'm open to receiving this if it is meant to be. And John shared that prayer with me in February of 2008. And he was born Jewish. He got bar mitzvah. I was born Jewish. I got bar mitzvah. You don't meet many people who were born Jewish and got bar mitzvah that accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so for me to, to take that call from John and to listen to his words and to write down the prayer and to choose to say it every day, something was going on. And, and, and there was almost a, a, for me, a surrender to whatever the purpose was that that phone call was about. Whatever gave John Gordon the strength and the courage to make that phone call, to offer that prayer. I'd met the guy for 20 minutes. Right. Now he, he's mentored me over the last 14 years. But that prayer allowed me to just surrender, to see more clearly, and to choose and to understand I've not been alone. I haven't been without God. Even though it's been challenging and tough, God's been there to support me along with other mentors and coaches and people who have been lifting me up off that mat of life helping me understand the strength, helping me understand, you know, the importance of passion and conviction in life. And it's definitely rooted uh, by my burn and my faith. I love that. And it's, it's very important for, um, you know, people to hear that and know that, I mean, faith is, it's part of, it's one of my pillars with the podcast. I actually don't know how I would fight without having that. I, I really don't like it's it's that's why I always like to ask that because I don't know a world without it. I did have those years like you. I went through it. I got re, I got baptized just a few years ago. I actually Googled how to prove the Bible not true because I was just so mm. angry, right? I was like, I and then I had a moment, you know, I had too many moments, but I love that you share that. I love everything um about your book, your podcast. If you are listening now, you need to get um, Ben's book. It's called Uncommon Leadership. It's 11 Ways the Greatest Leaders Lead. The foreword is actually by Ed Milet, which, you know, was I was so excited just to read his. I knew once I dove into it. And what I loved about it is breaking it down and taking the time to read the chapter. You always give some action, your own take on it. So it's definitely a book you want to get. Also, um, Ben Newman's podcast, you know, you know, I love these shorter, you know, quick hitters. His are even shorter at times and they really light you up. I mean, we talk a lot here on anchoring practices and saving, you know, certain podcast episodes. His is one that you actually want to go through his review of this year, the 2022. Go get that one today. Download it, save it, listen to it every week, reprogram yourself. Um, ben, I know that you are called for, I mean, it's already, you have such a big list of things that you have uh, accomplished and, and been successful with. I love that you are sharing your leadership, you know, tips and just, you know, you here, because it's behaviors are caught, right? And it's what people are seeing in you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Amy, I appreciate you. I appreciate your example of what it means to embrace adversity and to choose to fight and uh, your uh, powerhouse energy and fight makes us all better. So I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. And great to be with all your listeners. Okay, I'm on a mission. 
As you know, if you've been following along, I have a goal to be a top 100 podcast. And it's less about that top 100 and more about I want to make an impact. I want more people to hear effort and learn from all the mistakes that I've made, along with me bringing on really special guests for you. So my ask here is this. I want you to screenshot this episode today and share it on your social media. Share it with a friend, you know, tag me in it. Go give me a review, of course, if you're really feeling it and rate me. You know, this is the only way things are going to get seen here. And in a big world of tons and tons of podcasts, I'm hoping that you're going to choose mine and help me on my mission. 